This is an ESPN 97.5 Roadshow. Live from Brew Wings, this is Moneyline. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. On ESPN 97.5. ESPN975.com. It's presented by MyBookie. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world. Welcome in to a special edition of Moneyline as we are live out at Brewings off 249. And we are here, week 17, fantasy football is in the rearview mirror. We got more money to make, though, because today the key word's going to be motivation. What motivates you? What motivates these teams to get on up and cash some tickets? What motivates you to get on out here to Brewings as we will be out here until 2 o'clock today? Enjoying these del- delicious wings. I'm, I can't wait till I get mine and some of this cold brew. So get on out. We're out live at the Brewings off 249, and I'm ready for some Week 17 football because while some people may look at it as a lackluster slate, some of us look at it as opportunity. But opportunity knocks, and my partner in grind sitting next to me, the statistician at Josh Jordan 97.5. We can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Rainy Sunday, but that doesn't mean we can't have some beers, watch some football, make some money. That's what it's all about, right? That's what it's all about. Keeping us in line, though, for the next few hours. Back at the station, back at home base, at Carlson Radios, where you can find him on Twitter. Andrew! Andrew. What's up, guys? How y'all doing this Sunday morning? We're doing good. How did, uh, how did you do? Did you make it to your fantasy football Super Bowl? How did your uh, story end? I did not. I um, lost out in the semifinals. I put up about 135. I could have played Kenyon Drake, who I had on the bench, and I still would have lost. So that tells you the kind of person I was up against in the semifinals. This was about two weeks ago when Kenyon Drake went off for four touchdowns. I still would have lost. So, And that's sometimes the way the cookie crumbles, and at least you know that much because I hate to be in the predicament sometimes where you, you have the guy on the bench. And yeah. we spoke about it last week. Is this going to be the year where we remember Boone? Is this going to be the <laughs> year? And, and it happened that way, and we'll get into that. But before we get into that, the line, the phone lines are open. If you've got anything to talk about, we're talking about college football playoffs. If you talk anything gambling, anything that you've endured, during this week if you have any questions of uh, any of the games today uh go ahead free feel free to fire off 713-780-3776 you can also reach us at moneyline 97.5 and you can also text us at that same number 713-780-3776 no doubt about it man exciting games yesterday the first game well it was exciting because it was a explosion of offense i believe jerry was on the the over there so you gotta like that man joe burrow that was amazing. Second game, a little, little more entertaining, right? That one was back and forth. Really thought Clemson was going to blow that until they started, you know, getting going a little later in the game. Yeah, definitely. It just uh, – what a fantastic game, though. It yeah. just leading up to that game, I had that feeling in my stomach, like, man, this is about to go down. And coming off the first game, this – 
not to say we expected it, but yeah, we expected it. The, the, the line was minus 14, so you knew it was going to be a blowout. You maybe figured that the back door would be open That's for That's what Oklahoma. I was hoping for, yeah. Uh, a lot of people banked on that, and it just didn't play out that way. At one point, I saw Burrow had more touchdowns than uh, Hurts had completions, you know what I mean, <laughs> at halftime. And it's just thinking, once you, once you get to that predicament. Now, going forward, the line has come out three and a half, minus three and a half LSU. Moved to four now, a lot of spots, and I got a feeling it's going to climb all week long. Over under of 69. Wow. That's going to be, man, at least it'll be a hell of a game. It felt like, you know, I was excited to watch that game. You know, I took the wife, we went to a sports bar, we had our nachos, we had all our drinks. Thing was over by the first half. We ended up leaving at halftime. I mean, the game was over. It was pretty funny, though, because there were a lot of LSU fans in there, and there were some Oklahoma fans, and Boy, they were giving them the business, man. <laughs> Seven touchdowns. It was crazy. So is Joe Burrow a Cincinnati Bengal now, Jerry? Unfortunately so. Yeah, or, you think so? I mean, one thing, though, that if you look in Vegas, though, they still had the lines open, and I saw that it was still around the minus 500 range. Wow. Which I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Trades can happen and sure. whatnot, but Cincinnati has the need. They we do. saw a change at quarterback this year, so why not? Why not? And I just hate that the narrative whenever stuff like this happens, the Twitter cool guys come out and they're like, they, they drop their bangle jokes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're thinking, this is something we see every year. It's just, it's uh, it's the way the circle of life of football, you know yeah. what I mean? The worst team gets to pick, and usually they're going to pick the best guy, and, and if it happens to be a quarterback, so be it. But then they this thing about, well, such a such a tragedy that Burroughs' career is going to go down the drain. And you're thinking <laughs> this is the way it happens. Sometimes a change of culture. Sometimes, and it starts with the quarterback position. Yep. After so many X years with uh, Ryan Andy Dalton, and and now that the AJ Green years are coming to an end, now it's a change of culture and. I hate just that people use that lazy narrative. You saw it right in the first quarter. People were like, Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. And, oh, yes, we know that and whatnot. But at the end of the day, that's the circle of life that happens in football. If you get the worst – if you have the worst record, yes, you have the best pick. And usually the best guy gets taken. That's just the way it works out. It is. I think the thing with the Bengals is just we know how poorly run they are. They, they, don't, they don't spend a lot of money. I think the GM of the team is basically the owner's daughter. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like one of those kind of situations. But, I mean, you know, they got Tyler Boyd there. They got John Ross and Joe Mixon. I mean, so there are some, you know, some skilled players on there, even if A.J. Green's out the door. I just – the accuracy I saw from Joe Burrow. How many of those back shoulder fades was he – he was just hitting those back shoulder throws on the over run. and over on the run. It was amazing. Everything he did was perfect. When they came and they, they, they generated pressure, he was able to step in the pocket and find gaps and – before you know it, he's running for a first down. Yeah. and It's just weird with him because you can't – his receivers are so good that, that you, it's hard to play him man-to-man. But whenever you play zone, they get you turned around sometimes. It's just, it's just tough to play him all the way around. And I saw some people using the misplay, uh, uh, pass interference in early in that game. Yes, it was a missed pass interference. Yes, and I know Joe Burrow did uh, the, the, the magical play shortly after, rolling out to the right. I know this, okay? And then they scored the touchdown. But if you think for one second that that play dictated where this game ended up going, then you need to go back to sleep. He had seven touchdowns in the first half. Wasn't there a stat that he had more touchdowns in that building than Matt Ryan did? Did Matt Ryan. I ran and looked real quick like, wow, this is just amazing. But, again, we expected it, maybe not in that fashion. No. Now we got what every college football fan's dream can be, and that's Burrow going up against – 
a team in Clemson that yeah, another great quarterback. We know who they are, and we know yeah. who Trevor Lawrence is. And yesterday, I was all over that Clemson side as far as in my head. I thought they would win, and I ended up live betting them because when they tell you, I got to see it before I believe it, and I got to see him lose before I believe him losing. Trevor Lawrence, and I guess going into the national title game, the final game, I guess that comes up again. That I got to see him losing, but. I don't see very many people are going to bet Clemson. It's just not public people. Yeah. So That's you got to be very careful mm. because <laughs> it's so easy to go up there and bet on Burrow. It's going to be easy. That's the easy thing to do. And I guarantee you three and a half, four, that line's going to climb to five and a half, six. But be careful because it's not as easy as I think it's, some people are painting out to be. No. And you know what's so funny is I thought of you during that game. Because we always talk about recency bias and people overreacting to what they're seeing. And I was like, man, everybody's going to be all over LSU. All over them. Right? All over them. And a, a three and a half is open right after it's four. Then four and a half. Then you're going to have those dead numbers of five, five and a half. Then it's going to have to get to six at one point with the books. But I got a feeling that the sharp money is going to end up keeping this number down because I don't feel comfortable giving up four points with LSU on that. As good as LSU looked, Clemson is Clemson. Yeah, and Oklahoma – they're horrible on defense. I mean, that was horrible. I mean, it wasn't even close. Like, guys were just running wide open, free down the field. It, it, as a Longhorn fan, I'm just like, oh, God, how far away are the Longhorns if they can't handle Oklahoma? And look what Oklahoma's putting up against LSU. They don't even look like they belong on the same field. Then I saw a Longhorn guy come out on Twitter last night, too, just pumping his chest like, <laughs> we played that team close. Yeah. You know what I mean? He came out, and now you had LSU or, or Texas and OU guy going at it, talking about, well, you ain't nothing either. You, 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 you've you been there by default. And that's why I thought the game would be a little closer, because we saw how Texas played LSU, common opponent, and then we saw – you know, Oklahoma beat Texas, so I was like, okay, well, Oklahoma should at least give them a game. Nope, that did not happen. Meanwhile, the Aggies are winning the biggest bowl games here in town. <laughs> yes, that was huge. I watched uh, about uh, 10 minutes of that game. It was on in the bar, so I, I caught a little bit of that game. But, yeah, that it's all about the big ones, man. It's about motivation, and that's going to be the common theme for today, right? Motivation. When we look at the NFL slate, who's playing for something today, who's not. When we're putting our DFS lineups together, it's going to be about motivation also. Who's, who wants, like Christian McCaffrey, he wants to break some records. I think he's going to see a lot of the football today. So. And it's also, plus, whenever your coaches and offensive coordinators are saying, we want them to get it. Yep. So be careful with that, though, as well, because the numbers see that as coming as well. We're not the only ones that know that the books know that as well so they're going to put a premium to that we're also going to get back and we're going to talk about a lot of people are going to use this this week and it's simplistic to think of this way and they say must win this team must win this team's out of the playoffs I have so many good numbers as far as that numbers they're going to make you think numbers that may may uh, make you hesitate in in a in a certain way because a lot of people that's what you do this week week 17 you start thinking about this team needs to win to get in the playoffs this team's checked out they're halfway out now whenever you got a team like that going into a cold weather situation and and whatnot and you throw in other variables then it's different but don't just use that narrative and I'm going to give you some numbers to back it that as well as the Texans Make a big move. Yes, yes. I want to see how you feel about this. All right, let's talk about it. They gave Whitney Merciless the extension. I'm not a huge fan of giving big contract extensions when guys are 30 and they're not quarterbacks. So 
But, you know, congratulations to Whitney. You know, he is a really nice guy. I, you know, I've had the pleasure of getting to meet him, so I'm happy for him and his family. He's a, he's a good dude. I had a feeling that he wouldn't want to stay in Houston. He's, he's got some investments in town. I, I think he's a part owner in a, in a restaurant here in Houston. He's, he's really embraced the city. So I thought if they gave him a, a reasonable contract offer, he'd be interested in staying. And sure enough, he was. It, it's interesting, right? They, they trade away Clowney. They don't want to pay him, but they decide to pay Whitney. You know, I, I don't love it, Jerry, to, to be honest with you, but we talked about this before the show started. They don't have a first or second round draft pick. It's not like they can go replace him in the draft. So I think O'Brien kind of painted himself into a corner to where he had to pay Whitney because they can't replace him in the draft. And in free agency, man, they're going to spend all their money on Watson and Tunsil. The phone lines are open. We want to hear your thoughts. What do you think about this move? Is it the vanilla that the Texans always are? Is it something that was deserved? Is Merciless that great of a practice guy then to give him this extension? <laughs> Next, when we get back on Moneyline, 713-780-3776, we want to hear it from you. What do you think about this extension? What do you think about the Texans today? Do you think that they should rest their players because we've heard that they are, yep. and then now the lines. So how, how often, because say the Chiefs were to get upset, do you tell Watson, hey, I, I know that we spoke about Never mind. <laughs> Get back out there. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. This is an ESPN 97.5 Roadshow, live from Brew Wings. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. And we are out live out at Brew Wings off 249. Get on out here right now because... The wings, the smell is in the air, just like every single Sunday, where you can get 30 wings, bonus wings, $17.99. Not just today, but all throughout the week. Come on out and check out the specials because they are fantastic. The beer's always cold. Thursdays, 99-cent drafts. 99-cent drafts. Where can you – it's about to be 2020, and I'm going to get a 99-cent beer. You don't really? get that anywhere, but here at Brewings, you can find that every single week at all throughout the week with different specials, two-for-ones on Mondays and Tuesdays. And like I said, right now, if you get on out here, you can get 30 wings, seventeen ninety-nine. And let me tell you about these wings. I'm a, I'm a big wing uh, aficionado, right? Like I, uh, I, uh, I, I got my spots that I like, but whenever I come here, I always like to start out real hot and then work my way down and find a, a common ground. And once I came here... I like the real hot. I, I think they have a good taste. Some real hots do. are just uh, doesn't have a good flavor to right. it. Right. They're just hot. They're just heat. Exactly. It's just it's just pain. Yes. Right? I want joy and pain yeah, and a little bit of sunshine. Yeah, it good and be spicy. I like their extra hots. I've had their suicidal before, which is the hottest. But I, I'm an extra hot guy. I've kind of changed. I'm with you, Jerry. I, I usually get the second to the hottest now because, like you said, the, usually the hottest is just straight fire. There's not a lot of taste. But the ones here are actually pretty flavorful with the suicidal. But – I backed it down a little bit. Getting a little older, Jerry. Maybe I don't need to push it so hard anymore. 
<laughs> well, get on out to any of the locations all throughout the Houston area and enjoy some of these specials, some of these drinks. They got a special drink menu all throughout the football season. Get on out here right now. The bowl season, March Madness, everything you need. Oh, TV's everywhere. And yeah. They're not a place that's afraid to change it for you. I get, get some of these wing places, and I feel like I'm a hostage watching what they have it on. You know, it'll be on uh, motorsports. And, and sorry, Trey, but, you know, I'm not trying to watch that on a, on a, on a Friday night. So get on out to all the Brewings locations all around Houston. Enjoy some of these specials. And Look come at that on happy out to hour the- menu right there. Dollar Wells, $3 Egan Box, $4 Long Island Iced Teas. You can't beat that, man. No, you can't beat it. So we'll be out here until 2 o'clock at this particular location off of 249. Get on out here and come hang out because there's a lot of uh, games kicking off and a lot of money to be made. There is, and we, we're, we just started talking about the Texans a little bit before we went to break. This one's interesting, right, because we talked about it. We filled in for Palillo the other day, and we talked about this Titans-Texans line. It was at, what, three and a half, something like that. And, and Jerry told everybody, like, hey, if you, you like the Titans side of this one, go ahead and fire on it because the line's going to move, and it has moved, right? Vegas isn't in the business of gambling. Although they accept your bets, they are not – willing to gamble okay their uh, objective is to get as much action down the middle on both sides and that's why you see the numbers moving that's why they move numbers okay so thinking of that do you think that they were going to set the line if there was a real worry for them and they set it at minus three and a half as a road favorite for Tennessee that right there when to tell you now everyone all week's talking about the coach talking and the smoke screens and whatnot. But whenever you really think of it, you, you look at that line, and if Vegas was really worried about it, they didn't even have to drop that line. They could have held that line off the board right. until they felt confident. They felt confident enough that they put the line out and they knew that the coach speak was good enough to where some people would bite. And now look where you're at. Now you went from three and a half to where's it sitting at? Seven and a half now. Seven and a half. Not only did you pass up the four, you passed up that six, six and a half, seven, seven and a half. Imagine yeah. that. At this point, you've missed your opportunity. If you're waking up right now a little hungover, got a headache, and you're rolling over and you're like, these dang Texans, mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna go out there today and they better not get nobody hurt. Tennessee's going to roll it on in. You're going to go out there and you're going to look at that seven and a half and you're going to punch it in there, and that's what Vegas looks to do. They adjust these numbers for you not reacting on time. Right, and, you know, I think we – you know, we took some shots at Bill O'Brien for coming out and saying they were going to play to win. But we also said it could be coach speak. But he had to say that, right? Because you have to keep the pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs to make them go out there and beat the Chargers and play their guys. So if you're O'Brien, you have to act like you're, you're going to play your guys and put the pressure on the Chiefs. You want to make them have to go out there and play all their guys and risk injury and win that ball game. And that's what O'Brien did. And also the preparation, I don't know what he told in that locker room, but maybe he had them believing, hey, we got to prepare like we're playing for a game. So then you don't have that two-week gap that people say that time off, time off might be your worst friend. Well, hey, there we go. If you at least practice the whole week like you were preparing for a game and then come up to here, and now we're hearing Watson and Hopkins are going to play limited. They're active. They're going to be active. So it could does be that, a backup role. We'll see. Does that active have to do with the, the possibility that the Chiefs do lose? It has to be, right? You have to cover your bases. Plus, I was talking to Fred about this the other day. You can't make everybody inactive. You don't have enough players. You know, <laughs> you have to play some people. Someone's you know, yes, got to suit Somebody's got to go out there and throw the ball and tackle somebody. So you can't make everybody inactive. And, yeah, so they had that option. And, once again, that's putting pressure on the Chiefs. You know, Watson, Hopkins, they're going to be active. If you guys go and screw up, you know, we have a chance. And, but let's talk about this a little bit, Jerry. 
you know, the, the, the reasoning is here is that you want to get that, that better playoff seed, right, to where you go up to three instead of four if the Chiefs stumble. But what does that really mean? That means you avoid the Ravens and you go play the Patriots, most likely because we think the Patriots are going to beat the Dolphins today. So the, the thought there is that you want to avoid the Ravens and go play New England instead. Would you rather play New England or, or the Ravens? Is that really better? Potato, potato right. at this point, you know, tomato, tomato. Yeah. You know, I don't want any of them. No. But at this point, you have to face one of them. And I just I just can't get over the, the, the talking I've heard leading up to this weekend and beyond of the people want the Bills. The people of Houston, Texas want the Bills. And I know that it's, well, well who do I have to pick, pick out of? Well, I'll take the Bills. Yes, I understand that. But it's like they feel like this is an, uh, an automatic win. No, no. I mean, look, the Bills are pretty good this year. They have a good defense. We talked about Tredavious White. He's, he's going to be a tough matchup for Hopkins. You know, that's why we, we've been saying we need Will Fuller to at least be out there on the field. And – you know, we were talking about Will Fuller's speed, but the other thing, he's a good route runner, too, and he's fast. So I think that gets overlooked a little bit, but you can't count on that guy. You know, he might go out there on the second route of the game and, and re-injure himself, and, and he's out. So you can't bank on that, but you've got to hope he at least use him as a decoy, right? Like something. You know, remember back in the day, like even when Randy Moss would be banged up? They'd run him out there just to, hey, Randy, just run straight down the field and take the decoys. coverage away. Be, be the decoy so we get that underneath stuff. They still have to respect you. Safeties can't let you get behind them. Even if they know you're banged up, they have to pay attention to that. So we'll see how it goes. But I, I respect the Bills. I, I, think they're, I think they're a good team. I, I, you know, I don't see that as an easy win. And let's be honest, the Texans could blow it against anybody, right? And that's what scares you because you've you've been in this position before, and it's it's a it's a matter of being kind of scared in a way yeah. and saying I I don't trust it. Let's see what happens, and that's why I'm kind of surprised of the way the the, the fans are talking. You know what I mean? And looking on the opposite side, you see a I know what the Bills are on offense, and and you know that Allen might have 82 yards at halftime, right. but then they're still in the game. With those numbers, that goes to tell you what, how good of a team they are. With him only throwing up 75 yards at halftime, completing six passes, and they, they're up by three. Right. I, I think that's probably why Texans fans do feel good about the matchup because they could certainly lose to the Bills, but you don't feel like they're going to run away. You know, you don't, you don't feel like the Bills are going to put 40 points on you, right? Like, like it feels like it's going to be a grinded-out kind of game. You know, it doesn't feel like it's going to be that Chiefs playoff game from a few years ago where, you know, they return the kickoff for a touchdown to start the game and then they blew your doors off. You don't feel like the Bills are going to drop 24 points on you in the first half. No, not at all. And that's why, I guess, coaching, and that's we'll really see if O'Brien gets the merit that he deserves from what he's accomplished thus far this particular season because – in playoff games, in games that are going to be close, they're going to, he's going to be required to make the right decision. That's scary. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I know, like the time management and all that stuff. That makes me worry because if it is close, you worry that you don't have the edge with the coaching. No, and at that point you're just going to rely on it. It just, like you said, you don't have the edge. And, and if you get into the playoffs in a, in a close game, then you, you at least want to have that and – Whenever you look at the trenches, that's going to be a trouble. Uh, it's going to be troublesome. It's going to be, again, I don't know how either of these teams are going to pull away from the other. 
no. It, and I'm interested to see – because I, I do think it will be the Bills. So I'm interested to see how Ed Oliver shows up coming back to Houston. Houston kid, he's played in that stadium, NRG, plenty of times. You know, it'll be interesting to see if he can get loose, you know, wreak some havoc on the inside. Can they stop Allen's legs? Because he can extend yeah. drives. He can extend plays. And at the end of the day, John Brown is going to be a problem. He could be, get behind defenses. Yes. Again, these are things that the Texans, uh, let's say, Spots where they do struggle in the trenches, they've struggled before. Um, in, 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 in small game situations, O'Brien has struggled before. Things that we're just painting as automatics, as givens, as wins, and everything is far from that. Yeah. No, I mean, they've won one playoff game under O'Brien, so we can't get, can't get too comfortable. Now, let me get the people comfortable before we hit this next break. I'm going to take you to England for Liverpool Wolves. And we're going to drop a bomb on the bookie's head leading you up to an NFL kickoff. We're going to hit the over three on this matchup, and this is why. Wolves, they're flying right now. 29 goals scored this season. They're coming off beating Manchester City 3-2. to two. And the game before that, they scored two. And the game before that, they scored one. The one prior to that, four. Prior to that, two, you get what I'm saying? They can score. On the opposite side, you have a Liverpool team that's coming scoring. Four, one, two, five, two. Goals everywhere. I expect Liverpool to see the net at least three times by themselves, getting you at least a push. And I think Wolves gets on the board. Give me the over in Liverpool Wolves. Take it to England. Bank on that now. I'm in it, Jerry. I'm going to pull up my, buy, my, my bookie right now. I'm going to fire on it. We'll be back on Moneyline, and I'll have some more max bets throughout this show. And uh, I'm going to give the people my best bet of the day today. Let's do it. It's going to happen in the biggest game, Seattle, San Francisco. And I got the winner in my pocket when we get back. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Looking for something to do this weekend? Visit culturemap.com to find out everything going on in the city. You're listening to an ESPN 97.5 Roadshow, live from Brew Wings. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. You're listening to Moneyline. Let me take a second here to tell you guys about my bookie, guys. They've been doing the 12 days of gifts for the Christmas season, guys, and it was pretty exciting. They had some really great specials, and Jerry talks about it all the time. Check your emails. They're always sending you specials, free rolls, free games to bet on. My bookie's the best, and what's great about them is, is when you win, they actually pay you. That's kind of important, right? You're not meeting some bookie in a in a parking lot hoping that he gives you your money. I've been it's, there, yeah, Josh. It, I've been there, and once my bookie came along, it changed everything because there's no more of that shady business. No, there, there's not, and you just go on – all you need is your phone. You can get action on any of the games anytime you want. You can do live betting. You know, if you want to kind of dip your toe in with the Texans and Titans, you're not sure who's going to play, who's not. You can kind of watch the beginning of the game and see who's in there, who's not. And then you can live bet it based on that information. You, you can't do that with your bookie, right? And, you know, in the middle of the game, just call him up and hope he answers his phone. He'll knock on your door. Yeah. <laughs> 
Let yeah. me talk to you, Josh. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That, that's this is safe, reliable. They always pay, and it's easy, guys. And what's cool about it is your bookie going to match half of your deposit? Hell no. He's not going to do that. So go to my bookie right now. If you put in the promo code radio when you create your account, they will match half your deposit. So you put in 500 bucks, they're going to put in 250 I mean, what, what a great deal. Get over to mybookie.ag today, and you're going to use that promo code radio to get your account started. And, look, football's not over. We're just about to hit the playoffs. You finally know what these teams are about. This is a great time of year to bet. You can bet on the national, the college championship game coming up. So get over to mybookie.ag today, promo code radio. Get your deposit in there. They'll match half of it. Get to mybookie. You bet, you win, you get paid. Mybookie. Someone else that got paid, and we talked about him earlier, uh, Whitney Merciless, right? Yeah. And I wanted to see that 13 13- Point seven five or thirteen point three seven five. Where does that put them at? Well, puts them at twelfth for linebackers. On this is as far as yearly, and uh, right. Let's say around the Anthony Bars and Quan Alexanders of the world. Now I went down that list, and there might be one or two other teams that has two linebackers in the top twenty as far as getting paid. And the the Texans are one of them with uh, Bernardrick McKinney. He's also in the top twenty as far as paid linebackers. So. Thinking of it like that, you would think that the the linebacker group of the Texans is some kind of world-beaten crew, or are they right. just some mediocre crew, which these guys, I'm not going to say so much they're mediocre. They're good players. I'm not sure if they're great. They have had their great moments. Sure. But now you find yourself with the payroll of two linebackers inside the top 20, and that's something you got to live with because, like I said, I look at all these other teams, and I don't see very many of these teams. Uh, other, the, the Packers got a few in there. There's a few teams that might maybe have two players, but – the Texans are up there, so that's something you got to live with is the linebacker um, position holding that much uh, worth. It is, and, you know, he's a he's a pass rusher as a linebacker because they run the 3-4, so you get a little more value with the pass rusher. And he started out the season well. I think he's seeing a lot more attention now with, with J.J. not playing. I think Whitney's getting a lot more double teams and because, I mean, Jacob Martin's been the guy that's been getting the pressure. I know he's been injured. Uh, he's been out the last few games, but – you know, he was really starting to come on, and it wasn't Whitney as much. He, you haven't noticed him, but he's getting a lot of attention, and I think this is also clearly a move for next year, right? They think they're going to have J.J. back. So you have J.J., you have Whitney under contract, and we also talked about it. They don't have draft picks to reload at pass rushers, so th- th- it's probably a smart deal to go ahead and, and hang on to Whitney. And it's only – it looks like it's $28.5 million guaranteed. So, I mean, that's not a crazy number, you know, because – Whenever guys get paid the most recent contracts, those are the really big ones, right? The, the more the newer your deal is, the more you're going to get paid because the, you know, the CBA keeps going up. There's more money to spend, so I'm okay with the deal. I, I mean, I don't love it, you know. And I, I've heard I heard AJ joking. You know, I think you said it earlier. He must be really good at practice. You yeah. Know, to, you know, I, I thought that was pretty funny. But look, they need bodies out there. And, and Whitney, he's good. You know, he's not great, but he's good. So it's the age that worries me a little bit at 30. What happened to that saying, though, we don't do deals and win the season? What happened to all these things? You know what I mean? Now all of a sudden we're contradicting, and now the question or the topic has arised of the name Jadavion Clowney pops back up. And I know there's a big difference in money, about $7 million, uh, the the guaranteed money, the longevities. I know there's a bunch of different aspects, but if the ultimate – Goal is to pay your guys, yeah. right? And then when you were questioned, uh, you know, excuses like we don't do deals here and at these times and 
all types of other ingredients were thrown into these answers, and now that you see other people getting paid, you just wonder. Do you think Bill O'Brien was, like, arguing with himself because he's the coach and the GM? Like, I think we need to give Whitney an extension. And he stands up and turns his hat around the other side and goes, well, we don't give out deals during the middle of the year. <laughs> Point, counterpoint. And he's going back and forth arguing Eventually with himself. Eventually he ends it, though. He gives himself props. He's like, you're pretty good at your job. You too. You too. It's like that Spider-Man <laughs> meme. Pointing at each you too. Other. Good job. And then he shakes hands yeah. and walks off. That's the way it is. But deal. I'll tell you a deal I'm not happy with, and it is deserved. Marcus Peters on yeah. Saturday signs an extension worth $42 million, 32 guaranteed. Man, as a Steelers fan, I just, it just keeps getting worse for me, right? Yeah. Because Lamar comes into the division. Now I got to put up with him. Now they're talking about Burrow's going to come into the division. Now you got to put up with him. Yep. And then now the Ravens just keep getting stronger. Right when I thought I had him off my back, and this is coming from a Steelers guy. I know Steelers guy out there listening, like, man, I feel you, Jerry. Uh, I had to deal with the Suggs and the Ray Lewis and the and the and the Reeds of the world for all these years, and then finally they got old, and I'm thinking, you know what? It's our time. Yep. The Killer Bees, you know, we had Bell, we had Brown, we and, and then and then that's all gone. And then all of a sudden, now the Steelers are backpedaling, and now the Ravens are looking like they're going to be front-running for a while now. And Marcus Peters, I, I love the guy from an aspect of when he's checked out mentally, then he's done. He's not going to give you that effort. But winning cures all, and with – the I guess the uh, let's say the energy in that locker room. You see how Ingram does these post games. Like they are just a different locker room right now. He's feeling like he's on top of the world. He should. And you know Mark Ingram coming into the division. Boy, he's been a big boost for them boost. too. Yeah, I mean he's he's a good player. So they're going to be loaded, and they're already so loaded at corner anyway. They have three guys that could be number one corners on any other. How team. sick is that? I know. It's and the safety in the back being like, "Hey, I got your back in case you get beat. Yeah. I'm back here." Earl Thomas, my lord. <laughs> I'm back here in case you get beat. They, they, maybe they lost some pass rush, but, man, their secondary is really good. So, and that's what, you know, that's who the Texans might have to face if they get past the Bills. Yikes. We saw what happened the first time they played. It felt like that LSU-Oklahoma game. <laughs> I think that's the feeling everyone has, though, right now whenever they look at the Ravens, you know, yeah. just thinking, how are we going to pull this off and, Again, I don't. I hate to do it that way and say it this way, but I just don't see how they lose because whenever you go into the playoffs, sometimes you say, man, well, maybe if they go to a cold weather or maybe if this team has a lot of turnovers. But the way the Ravens play, not to say that they won't have turnovers, but the, they keep it on the ground. So they can, play, they can play in cold weather and they can limit turnovers and their defense is stout and they can play from behind or they can play from it. Just however it is, they have every ingredient. They have the coaching staff. They have uh, veterans on that team that have been there and done it. I don't, I don't see how they're going to lose, to be honest with you. What do you think about, like, next year? Like, typically when we see the NFL catch up to players or schemes, you know, regardless of what it is, usually that offseason, they, they figure out a way to, to account for it and be more prepared. Do you, do you think they'll do that with Lamar Jackson next year? Do you think the league will catch up a little bit? They will because it's, you know, these, I mean, these coordinators, there's people that, that, that work on this to, around the clock to, to figure out schemes, and yeah. that's what happens with the running quarterback. But this is just a different situation because the way he runs the ball, when, when RG3 was running or even Kaepernick was running the ball, they ran like quarterbacks still. Even Vic was the first one where you saw some movement because Cunningham, he ran, but he still looked like a quarterback when he ran. You know what I mean? He's just ahead of his time. Right. Let's say, but when Vic came along, he had 
running back type moves, you know what I mean, moves in that open field where he can he can blow you open. And that's what – with Lamar, he's got that Vic, but he's even got that, that extra – he just – he can hit the hole and his – his vision is more than the than the, the level he's at right now. You know what I mean? When he gets to that first level, he's already thinking the third level of where he's going to split this out to the outside. He's always thinking, how can I bounce to the outside? But the the arm. Everyone talked about this this the leading up this year to his arm and can he get it to work and how bad his arm was. Were we saw the year began and he was throwing short passes that were a lot of yards after catch. And then we started th- seeing him throw bombs. So at this point, he could throw the short pass, the deep pass, the intermediate pass to move the chains. I'm just scared. I, again, I don't know how we're going to stop this monster. Look what he's doing it with, too. I mean, Marquise Brown's their leading receiver. He, he barely had over 500 receiving yards. You know, I mean, just think about that. And this guy that. leads the league in touchdowns thrown. Yes. I mean, imagine if he had a, a Julio Jones-type receiver to throw to, what he would do. He's out there basically relying on the scheme. Tight ends. And tight ends. Andrews. And with the scheme, it makes it so you can't. You can't sell out to the run because he's still got people that can beat you, but then you gotta you got to stack the box in a way, too. And playing the Ravens, it's all about um, discipline. Yeah. You have to, everyone has to trust the man next to him on defense saying, hey, we've practiced all week long for this. Once that play gets going, don't go out of character because I know where I need to be. You need to know where you need to be, and I got your right. back. But once he gets going and you see that speed and you see him breaking a few plays, everything goes out the window. It's that complimentary football that O'Brien always talks about. The Ravens aren't typically having to chase a lot of points because they have a good defense. So they can stay within their game plan, right, and, and let Lamar do his thing, not have to fling it all over the place all the time. They can stick to the running game because, you know, you don't see them get down 21 to nothing when they start games because they have a good defense, and it all works together for them, and that's why they've been so difficult to beat. The one thing you look at is when they got blown out by the Browns earlier this year, right? So if you are a, a Texans fan or, or any other team that's playing the Ravens, you, you look at it and you're like, well, Baker Mayfield figured out a way to beat them. But, I mean, every NFL team has that one fluke game. Yeah, and then you ask yourself, okay, it's just they're a different character because when you have these predominantly heavy run teams, then then that's what their stats are. But, okay, the Ravens, 552 rush attempts, leads the league, uh, second place 49ers, 474. That's a huge gap. That's I mean, 70, what, 70 attempts around-ish? Right. Okay. 3,000 rush yards, second place, 2,177. So there's a big gap. So then you say, okay, that's cool. They're, they're a run-heavy team. Well, then whenever you go to passing touchdowns, they lead the league with 37. Saints with 33. So how is this possible that they're leading both areas and, they're, and they do it so well? Right, with no stud receivers. With no of. stud receivers. Again, this is just a different character, a different team, and, and it's something to be – you've got to be scared of them. The 26th uh, least uh, interceptions thrown seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team has the ingredients for a playoff run team. They can play in any kind of weather. They got the again the, the head coach and experience in big games. Yeah. You have Earl Thomas back there that can lead the team. You have multiple number one DBs. What else do you need other than going out there and executing? Dude, they're a scary matchup. And, and all those teams you mentioned there, those are all great teams, right? The Saints, the 49ers, the Ravens. There's no secret there. Run the ball you're going to have some success in the NFL. In a passing league, supposedly, right. right? Everyone says it's a passing league and whatnot, but everything but that. I'm just curious to see what happens going forward because more teams are going to take more chances with these running quarterbacks. And it's a copycat league. Some people are going to get bit. It is. And if you think about it, if you're building your team to, 
to stop the pass, a lot of speed. And then the Ravens go the other way. They zig when you zag, and they're going to run the ball a bunch. they got a big advantage because you're built for speed and to stop the pass, and they're just going to cram it down your throat. You have a big advantage, though, with here, listening to Moneyline every single Sunday. We'll be here for another hour and 15 minutes on air, and then we'll be here till 2, hanging out at Brewings off 249. The advantage is here as we drop winners for the next hour. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. This is an ESPN 97.5 Roadshow, live from Brew Wings. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter at JoshJordan975 at Carlson Radio at Jerry Bo Knows with a Z. We are out at Brewings off 249 and the wing smell is in the air and my eyes are just stuck on these beers because yeah. it's week 17 and it while is. a lot of you might be thinking this is an off week, this is a, a week to... To, to sit back and just enjoy and, and t- start thinking about the playoffs. Some of us are looking for angles, and some of them out there, so you're listening, you're saying, I need to make up some of these losses, Jerry. I didn't follow you throughout this weekend. I didn't have those plays yesterday. So, hey, some of us need this this next hour, and we're going to hammer out some games. So let's jump into some games because I think there's plenty of money to be made. Okay, yeah, let's do that. There's there's quite a few good ones this week. This is what I want your thoughts on, though, is the, the Miami-New England game. Man, it's up to 16 and a half now. Patriots are favored. I mean, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick came out. Looks like he's going he's gonna to be back next year. He's got one year left on his deal, I believe, and I think he's going to return to the Dolphins. He's been playing great. He won a lot of people a Super Bowl last week. Actually, we had a Moneyline listener reach out to me on Twitter. Thanks, Josh, for telling me to start Fitzpatrick over Kirk Cousins. It won me my fantasy uh, league, so congratulations to that listener. What do we expect today with, with Miami going to New England? I mean, obviously the game means nothing for the Dolphins, but the Patriots need a win to lock up that bye. And there's that weird stat that the Patriots have never won a Super Bowl in a year where they didn't lock up a, a bye in the playoffs. So this is big for New England if they, you know, if we believe in history and trends that they need this bye week. They need to wipe the floor with the Dolphins. We know Brady, he struggled with Miami throughout his career. So he's got a special brand of hate for those guys. You could easily see him wanting to just pound them today and crush their souls. What do you think about this one? It's a big number. I think that you're right around the uh, – you're on the right track to finding a bet because we know that he struggled with Miami more or less, though, in Miami. Correct. The, the Hail Mary last year where Gronk was caught playing defensive back yeah. and whatnot. But Miami 0-7 against the spread the last seven games in New England. So that's going against them. Then you look back at, is this spread too big? Well, if we go back at, to the beginning of the year, the spread was pretty much as big, and they put up a 40, what, 2, 30, 43 to 0. Yeah. So don't let that scare you. Divisional games, 6 and 16 against the spread are the Dolphins in divisional road games. So they've only covered 6 of the last 22. Ooh. 
That's a bad number. New England, 17-6 and six against the spread of the last 23 at home. And a number that sticks out to me, and I wasn't going to give this to the people, but I'm out at Brewings. I'm feeling good, and I, the beer's in the air, right? Yeah. The New England Patriots minus four and a half in the first quarter is the bet that I'm slamming. There's a, a trend going back 17 straight wins um, first quarter covers uh, in the division. I believe that they're going to come out quick. They're going to come out and uh, put this game away. Now, that's somewhat what scares me from the overall game total, but this is a get-right moment. We talked about teams that need to get in a, in a, in a, in a rhythm, yep. and this is what the Patriots need to do. They need to get in some kind of a rhythm before the season ends because I don't think they found that, and this is the exact same spot that I figured they were in against Cincinnati whenever I, my handicap was they're going to throw up mid-30s. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to throw up mid-30s today. I think that you hit New England on the first quarter. I think you hit New England in the first half. I think you hit New England team total over 30 and a half, and I think you're going to make your bookie really upset. I like that a lot. From a DFS player, are there any guys in this game that, that you like at all this week? What I find interesting is that Rex Burkhead's been playing a little bit more. Um, you know, they've been using him a little more often now. They're shaking it up a little bit. They're trying to find some other ways to generate offense. You know, Tom Brady hasn't been great in fantasy this year, but you got to figure against the Dolphins might actually be a decent week to play him. And speaking of Burkhead, uh, Sonny Michelle is active, but he's been dealing with the illness all week. Okay. So in a game like this, you maybe lean more on Burkhead. I actually like Burkhead in the DFS world yeah. because the the game tells you the script is going to be a, a wide margin, and at, at some point they got to pull off the gas, right? And if they pull off the gas and Michelle's been uh, sick all week long, why not give Burkhead X amount more of carries? Right, and maybe save wide a little bit for the playoffs. Don't put too much on him. We're staying away from Devontae Parker this week, right? Yeah, because that's the one thing that they have and can be taken away. And at the end of the – I just I just see this getting ugly. I just see this getting real ugly. Uh, I see the Patriots being up 10, 14 points in the first quarter and just running away with this uh, fast. I, I don't know if they throw them up a, a goose egg again, but I think it's going to be somewhere close to that. A lot of Sharps are hitting this under for whatever reason. Really? That's interesting. Okay, I'm going to try and stick more to the – more exciting games, people actually playing for something. And then if we have time, we'll get to the other ones. So let's jump over to the Dallas Cowboys. They're playing for something today. They, you know, they, they want a shot at making the playoffs. They're hoping that the Eagles They're lose. They're playing for the pride of Texas, the, the pride Josh. Of Texas, baby. And, I mean, it could happen. The Eagles could lose to the Giants. It's possible. So, so Dallas is – and they're, they're going to be angry because, you know, they, they didn't show very well last week. They're going to come out and try and do something. Playing Washington today, we know Haskins is out. And what's it going to be, Case Keenum for Washington today? So that makes things a little bit interesting. I I think from a lot of the hate, I could see Zeke Elliott coming out and trying to make a point this week and bounce back. And he talked, you know, he took a lot of flack from guys like Skip Bayless last week for pulling himself out of the game in certain situations. So I could see him looking to make a point. The number, Jerry, it's gone from 7 to 12 and a half. In favor of the Cowboys, they are playing at home. Totals at forty-six and a half. Anything you like about this one? One thing that sticks out to me is the injuries of the defensive backs of Washington. From what I understand, they're number ninth and tenth. You know, you talk about fourth and fifth stringer. Yeah, they're down to ninth and tenth. That's how many guys <laughs> they've gone through. I mean, literally ninth. 10th string. So like bus drivers playing cornerback. Josh Norman <laughs> not going to be in. Yeah. This leads me to believe that the Cowboys are going to have a blow-up spot. The only thing that scares me is the health of Dak Prescott. And, again, it's another right. week where he didn't throw. Yeah. 
that is a con- so maybe Zeke Elliott even more this week. They're going to lean on him pretty heavy. You got to think, right? Yeah, this is how bad the Washington uh, defensive back things are. Aaron Colvin was released by the Texans earlier this week. Right. He might play <laughs> for Washington. Straight up, look, Greg Stroman and Dominique Rogers-Cromartie were placed on IR earlier this season. Then Quentin Dunbar, by, by far the best corner, and Danny Johnson on, uh, on Christmas Eve IR. Jimmy Moreland just got placed on IR. And then Josh Norman keeps being a healthy scratch, and he's the second highest paid corner in the league. People don't realize that about Norman. Second yeah. highest paid. He's still getting paper. He's getting old, man, and he's still on that big contract. On the other side of the ball, you know, Adrian Peterson's a Texas guy. You know, he's from Texas. I think he he enjoys, he takes pleasure in playing well against the Cowboys. So, you know, he might be a guy that you look at today if you need a cheap option at running back. You know he's going to show out. You know, we don't know this. It could be his last game, Adrian Peterson. We don't know if he's going to retire or not. But and, and that's why he runs as such. He runs like, this might be my last yeah. run. And he, he needs that money, too. He runs like a man in debt because he, he is. Poor Adrian Peterson. But, yeah, he might actually be somebody to look at this week. So I would keep him in mind. I don't know about the 12-and-a-half, though. I, Dallas has been so inconsistent. And you brought up a good point. With Dak and the injury, there's a lot of unknown there. You know, we don't know what to expect. So I, I might be just kind of staying away from this one. But Dallas will be motivated. That 12-and-a-half, it's crazy because I think that number is without Keenum. I think Keenum is, a, is actually a boost to that team in I which agree. way. So. I think that this line doesn't really entail the Keenum being in this game. Uh, I think the line's a little high. I kind of like the over because if if Dak's hand is is decent enough in in, in, in average shape to where he can move the ball, I don't see how Washington Washington's going to stop these guys. And at a at a total like that, I think that let's say Dallas paint them for twenty six, twenty seven points, and I think Washington can score twenty. Yeah, I, I do too. I worry about for for DFS some of the Cowboys receivers just because of the the injury. We don't we don't know what to expect, and, and I do find it interesting that you know maybe they made a mistake and they extended the wrong guy. Maybe they should have extended Amari Cooper, you know, and not Zeke Elliott because you know we're seeing that. I don't know. It's Zeke doesn't seem to be that difference maker that you know that we expected him to be, and. He's a running back. Like, I almost feel like he's already lost a little bit of speed. Have you noticed that at all with him in his game? He feels more of like a, you know, kind of a bully type running back than a guy that can just break off a 60-yard run. Well, also the narrative with the – and I'm not saying they're not great cowboy guys about to shoot me, but the, the offensive line is slowly and slowly digressing. You're seeing more and more injuries throughout the year. Yeah. That line isn't what it used to be. Right. Uh, the names are still there, but – injuries and and people get older and and i don't know if that scheme is exactly what at the beginning of the year everybody thought that they had found some great uh, treasure in the offensive coordinator and the way he was running misdirections and these underneath routes but once they started playing good competition that all fell apart because they were playing from behind and they couldn't play those kind of games right so now you find yourself thinking what happens with zeke because he got paid and there's still a lot of players on that Cowboys team. I'll go back and say it. I started this year thinking that the Cowboys were going to win that division. I was all over it thinking, and this is before they were in the predicament that they could have, they had their hands, uh, their destiny in their own hands. But at this point, they got a lot of players, young guys that need to get paid, especially on that defense. They do. Let me, before we go to break, real quick, is this the last game Jason Garrett's the head coach of the Cowboys? Definitely. Maybe the last game he's head coaching in the NFL. I think he has to find a, another job as far as it, inside the, as a coordinator somewhere, but I don't see him just jumping straight to another team. Yeah, me, me neither. So 
Some Cowboys fans may be hoping they lose today to make sure Jason Garrett gets fired. One hour left. We're going to bring you some money. We're going to bring you some winners. We're going to bring you some wings because the doors are not open. Get on out right now to Brewings off 249. It's about to go down. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. But we won't let nothing hold us back. We're putting our show together. We're polishing up our ESPN 97.5. 